podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show on ESPN in association with Betfred Seasons. Greetings to you all, gang. Week 16 of the NFL. And we have got a terrific guest, an all-pro guest, a fan favorite to get us set. I suspect there will be one or two giggles along the way but we will also do our best to get into some football for you as well the brilliant comedian actor and all-round entrepreneur Marek Larwood Marek's lovely to see you happy Christmas man Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas to all the listeners on the show. <laughs> That's very nice. A lovely, a lovely sentiment to start to kick things off. Great to see. You. We haven't spoken properly uh, since since Matt Patricia left Detroit. So. You make, it sound like we, you make it sound like we've had a falling out over it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are very much um, one of Matt pro, Patricia's pro Patricia. best friends. I was a Patricia apologist. You're in Patricia's COVID bubble. <laughs> it's you, Matt Patricia, and his pencil in a in a <laughs> the pencil, the pencil manufacturer. I need more. Give me more. Um, yes. Well, very fair point. It, it, that isn't why we we haven't spoken on it. Um, we haven't fallen out of Patricia. No, I wasn't the biggest Patricia apologist. Neither, of course, were you. Really, I guess you were probably glad to see the back of him. Yeah, I think it was awful. He was even in the press conferences. You can tell. I mean, I don't think he was the cleverest coach, but I'm really glad he's gone. Um, Do you mean in terms of, because that's a really interesting point, The I guess there are parallels with, with politics as well, right? That so much of the, of the battle, and Rex Ryan was maybe the, the, the prototype here, right? He was so liked by the media. His press conferences were so much fun. That, that goes a long way that if you cosmetically, superficially even, can, can win over fans and, and and the media to a degree as well that that's a big part of the battle and, and coaches like Adam Gaze just they're not they're just they're awkward that they 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 don't clearly don't enjoy that side of it and Patricia was the same wasn't he, he just never seemed well, he didn't answer the questions he would just fob off the questions mm. and just repeat the same answer over again and he was always less than articulate mm. in his answers which makes you think if he's doing that to the media a part of the head, I mean, you've got 52 players in the squad, more than that even. It's a huge, a normal coaching in football over here. Mm. It's a lot of smaller, you, you've got to handle this massive, it's almost, like, it's almost like leading a huge crowd, isn't it? Like a rally almost. Yeah. And Patricia can't, doesn't seem to do that. Mm. What's very interesting is that the previous coach, Jim Caldwell, mm-hmm. who, um, when he was at the Lions, he didn't get much love. But in retrospect, you liked him, didn't you? you I you really were... liked him because he was um, calm, a really calm, non-aggressive presence, but what thoughtful, and he got the best out of the team. And mm. he's he has had uh, an interview at the Texans this mm. week for their positions. And did you know <laughs> that not since Buddy Parker? In 1966, has a head coach of the Detroit Lions been employed by it to be a head coach at any other NFL team? <laughs> it's the curse of the Lions. Once you oh, go there, man. you never get employed by so any who, other team. Who do you Buddy want? Parker, Buddy who, Parker. Do you want Buddy Parker? <laughs> I'll take Buddy. Who do you want? Do you want a? Do you want a, a, a tried and tested hand? You know, which, not that there are that many around, I guess. But well, there's someone like, for example. Uh, either a, a, a coach like 
uh, let's think McCarthy, right? She said when mm-hmm. the Cowboys brought McCarthy in and he's been there and done it. Although the flip side of that is a uh, Matt rule or, or even a Joe Brady type, right? A kind of hipster younger, or, or maybe like a Raheem Morris who's had a shot at something hasn't worked out, but in his cameo uh, at the moment with Atlanta showing quite a lot. So where would you like to see the Lions go? Well, first of all, not Raheem Morris. Because okay. when I went to a press conference for the Bucks Bears <laughs> yeah. NFL game, and I don't know if you remember, I did my um, How to Be an NFL Quarterback video. I do remember I did. it well. Yeah, it was great. And I asked Raheem Morris, what would you advise for players from the UK who wanted to become an, a, you know, a quarterback in the NFL? And I mean, mm. it was quite a boring question. You know, it was quite a... And he treated me with such disdain. He <laughs> laughed at me, looked at me like I was an idiot. And I thought, you know, screw you, Morris. I don't want you. It was so rude. I know you were very, very serious about that whole journey to to try and making it it into the NFL. I know you were taking taking it. uh, You know, you were very focused and 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 genuinely believed you had a shot. But maybe maybe just just suggesting maybe Raheem Morris. You know, sensed you're a comedian. Sensed maybe I wasn't asking for me (laughs) now. Okay, asking on the behalf of all of the youth in the UK. Right. Okay. He laughed at it. So Raheem Morris. (laughs) Okay. Don't want him anywhere near the lines. I don't think he's that great a coach. He didn't do a very good job at the Bucks. The problem is, this is that for all people who are looking at new, um, getting new coaches in. From my perspective, everyone sort of recommends, like the offensive offensive coordinator at the Chiefs, mm. Eric Bieniemy. Ben- yeah, Eric Bieniemy. Bieniemy. But then you've got the Chiefs have got possibly the best quarterback in the history of the NFL at the moment mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, and. A set of elite receivers. And Andy Reid, right? So, you know. And Andy Reid, who I think is the dream coach of any Mm. team. You just go, oh, Andy Reid, please. If Andy Reid felt like uh, like starting a new project. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Andy Reid, yeah. But that's the thing. I think you've got, it's Andy Reid. How much of that is Andy Reid? Like the Patriots, we always talk about this classic example. It's Mm. pretty obvious that a lot of it is Bill Belichick by the fact that every single coach that's pretty much come out of the Patriots has been poor. Well, defensively, the... for sure. And, and it's, to, to, to bring those points together, I think it, it's a, we hear a lot about particularly the Belichick lieutenants who go on and fail because they try and replicate a, a similar approach. And, and if you look at Belichick's infamous press conference uh, style, he is monotone, quite clipped, you know, measured, brevity. But at the same time, there is still, I think, well, there's the obvious, the body of work, but there's still a, a, an acceptance and a credibility factor with the media for obvious reasons that until you've achieved anything close to success, you're not going to have. And I guess that Patricia thought I can have a similarly uh, obtuse or at least, you know, very pared down approach to this part of the gig without having anything to back it up. And I think that's true with a lot of, you look at it more broadly than the media with the organization and and how you put your authority and your stamp. I mean, we talked about it on this show when he got rid of Slay and how he was very dogmatic with certain players. That's Belichick, my way of the highway, but Belichick's earned that, right? Created that culture at New England that you can't just automatically replicate because you want to do that because this is the kind of culture I want to create. You've got to follow through on, on, on so much. So I, I guess that's really tough, but... So, so there's no one, no real candidate stands out for you at the moment. Then for... get Jim Caldwell back, <laughs> right? Okay, and then get someone like Kellen Moore, who's a mm. cow. He was an old Lions quarterback, back up to Stafford. Yeah, right. Get him back 
is give him a chance to be offensive coordinator. He's worked with Stafford. Get Stafford to just call the plays and do a Manning on the on the. Um, There's talk that Stafford might leave. I was hearing some rumblings that Stafford might be off. I think it would be absolute madness mm. to lose Stafford and all the Detroit fans. That he's so great. I mean, while well, thinking about the, all the quarterbacks in the NFL, you've got this. You've got ones who have been down for 20 years. So you've got Brady, Rufflesberger, Rivers, Breeze, mm. and a few new ones. But to get, I want to know what the percentage of quarterbacks uh, in a, that stay in the NFL are. It's right. so hard to get draft a decent quarterback. Mm. And the Lions aren't going to get, I mean, Lawrence is going to go to the Jaguars. Unlucky, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Do you think he will, though? Do you think that's that's it? The Jets have blown it? I wouldn't be surprised if Trevor Lawrence refuses to play for the Jaguars. Really? For the Jets? What about if he went to the Jets? Do you think that's the thing? Them? I think, no. I think the Jets are the sort of glamorous team. Big market. I mean, yeah, Flash Gordon played for the New York Jets. <laughs> Flash Gordon. Do you remember that? Flash Gordon that's was the a kids. quarterback of the New York Jets. <laughs> Kids, you watch that 1983 Flash Gordon starring Brian Blessed, Max Wanzidow, one of the greatest kitsch films of all time. Great ending, of course, one of the greatest, greatest uh, teaser endings at the end, which yeah, then never, and, never came to anything. And it's got an alien American football scene in it as well. God, I've got to watch that again. I had that's uh, they play that... a sort of weird version of American football in there. <laughs> with... Block that out of my mind. I have to look that up. So that's the reason why he will probably go to the Jets and accept that. But but the Jags, you think, I mean, they're a team as well that um, are going to go. Surely Marone's gone and they're, they're in all kinds of transition. I mean, that's part of the problem for the Lions, right? It's, it's quite a few gigs on the market for so the, the best prospects are gonna look at other jobs more uh you know uh, well they'll look more appealing won't they than detroit yeah i think i was watching um the, the texans play the colts and just sean watson is a magnificent player mm. i think he's magnificent agreed what he was doing in just under pressure every every single play yeah, just the pocket collapsing and him having to, and yet his stats were still incredible. I totally agree. I mean, I, I think just he, think he, he just he just used MVP to MVP chat. Yeah, yeah, he's used to just being totally under every single play. Oh, great! I've got eighteen men running at me <laughs> within. I've got to release the ball in one point five seconds. Yeah, but I think the Texans are really interesting side to go to i really like the mm. falcons as well I mean, matt mm-hmm. ryan is another huge underrated quarterback yep. cameron ridley's incredible yep. Julio jones maybe i don't know if he's coming to the end of his career or not with injuries but gage uh, is stepping up i mean they've got weapons yeah there. they've got exciting uh, prospects there and you sort of think why would you want to go to detroit other than matthew stafford mm. yeah you know, I, they, I, need, they need to sign kelly golliday uh, kevin um kevin golliday back and they need to get a decent receiver in the, in the, with a early draft pick, I mean it's just I don't know why you'd go to Detroit. I you think finally got a ground game now though. I mean you you must be happy with. Well, Swift. no, I think Swift. Oh no, it's, he had concussion. He was out for two or three weeks, and I think if you were out ever out for two or three weeks with concussion, it just makes me worry that you're going to be. We've One had problems before with yeah, yeah. running backs with concussion. Yeah, well, look, we'll talk Lions. We're going to pick all the games. Some we'll look in a bit more detail than others. Lions got the Bucks this week, of course, in Detroit. So we'll get into that as one of our, our main games. We'll talk Raiders, Finns as well, Colts, Steelers. We'll rattle through it. I think Atlanta, Kansas City, interesting game as well. Uh, before we do, though, I want to get your take on the, this Juju Smith-Schuster situation that is 
fast developing. So uh, I'm sure all of our listeners know exactly where I'm going with this. But just in case you missed it, Juju, for, for most of the season, much of the season, maybe all of the season, Steelers fans will tell me, has been doing a thing pre-game where he dances on the opposition's uh, on the opposition's logo on the field as part of a, 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 a social media play, a TikTok play, I think. But I think he rolls it out elsewhere. And it's, a, you know, a, always in kind of quite lighthearted that that's can be you look historically at, at to and it can be quite an inflammatory play right and i uh, haven't really deep dived enough to 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 know how the what the reaction has been like before the bengals game but of course it was all blown up because he did it before the bengals game and then of course uh was knocked out by the bengals and so that clip's been doing the rounds and, and everybody is concentrated on this much more than they were before saying what's he doing it's disrespectful why isn't he concentrating on playing football and mike tomlin has had to wait in now because the press have been asking him and tomlin has what, what did tomlin say ominously has said he's going to have words with, <laughs> with with juju and he's not a head coach that you want to hear that from right because he's <laughs> terrifying it would be great if they were if the next video was them both dancing <laughs> on the <laughs> The entire team dancing. Yeah, on. all yeah. the team just diaping or just wiping, just grinding their buttocks against the, the Colts horse. Sort of rabble rousing and leading it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Urinating on it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's unlikely, Marek, that 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 is where Tom will go. He should. Some people are saying that it, they're surprised that they. And I guess it's I guess it's representative of the challenges that the head coach is facing to kind of bring some of our other earlier points together, right? Surprised that they've allowed it to go this far, right? Like they must have known about it. Why on earth didn't Tomlin, who is by all accounts quite authoritarian, albeit in a an understated cerebral, I'm disappointed in you way, he is a no-nonsense head coach, right? Surprised they but I guess you gotta keep there's gotta be some wiggle room here because you're dealing with this generation of athletes where that's a fundamental part of their business, they're expected to do it. They've got agents and managers and sponsors and everybody around them, giving them a lot of pressure to do it. So it's a balancing act about how much rope you give them. Right. Well, because they've started losing. That's why. Yeah, totally. It is <laughs> it's just, they've lost three in a row mm-hmm. and they look terrible against the Bengals. It got just, I mean, the offensive line, Rufflesburg was just getting just, just, you know, so mm. much pressure. Um, but it's because they're losing. Well, I can't stand all this. Cele- I mean, the celebrations, but it's just got too far. I hate even people even celebrating just getting 10 yards. Yeah. Just all right. You've got, you got oh, an 11 yard play. We'll do the first, the first down. down. Yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You know what I hate the most? And they're doing, doing this, <laughs> touching their chest, banging their chest, doing the muscle thing. Yeah. I just think I don't bother doing it. I like the understated players who don't, don't do that. Calvin oh, Johnson, my all time yeah. favorite. Well, it went in my all-time top three. Mm. Never did that. Barry Julio Sanders, is the same. Never Julio, Julio, yeah, Julio just it just hands the ball back to the um. Larry think, Fitzgerald, pretty similar. It's, it's very to, similar. Yeah. I'm with you 100 percent on. That. I mean, I do have a soft spot for the ridiculous, gregarious celebrations that are just absurd. Like you know, Chad Johnson was the prototype, right? And yeah, uh, you know, I, I love that when he had the Hall of Fame jacket, the kind of homemade Hall of Fame jacket on the sideline. I love that. And and the great ones like Joe Horn when he had the mobile tape to the taped to the post and dialed in i've definitely got time for that that's fun but i I think it's when it's justified and those those instances great touchdowns justified i was watching flashed up on red zone we were doing the radio show the other day 
defense celebrating like they 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 just forced a turnover in the red zone right and yeah. they just it was like s- still second and goal yeah they're doing, <laughs> they're doing like, it they yeah, don't the quarterback all oh, right oh yeah oh it's third and three now yeah you still it's got like me celebrating every time i make a cup of tea yes <laughs> all right i've made a nice bacon sandwich there i've managed to eat i've managed to eat my cereal without spilling any milk on the table i run around the garden take my top off <laughs> Does, is that actually a is that a true story? Is that an actual? Well, I've never managed to um, eat as big any. So, I mean, the so, likelihood. If you look at the, what's the percentage play they do think when they do like the percentage yeah, touchdown? Love, what's it called? Love it. Oh well, hang on. So, what the percentage chance of winning they have in real time? No, when they do the, the percentage of getting that play, percentage of scoring a touchdown on that play. The probability. Yeah. Mine of me eating this here without spilling milk would be 0.02%. <laughs> so I would be fully entitled to run around my garden with my top off. That would be bottoms, that would be fine. Bottoms off. <laughs> back garden though. Would you have front back, garden? Front, front garden not, tops off. Not. Run around the back and pull my bottoms. <laughs> Ironically, a lot of people can see into my back garden. <laughs> More yeah, so people can see into my back garden so that's why i'm taking my bottoms off would you have an assistant with a hall of fame jacket just handing that handing that to you as you're running around yeah uh you'll need you'll need yeah to, pre- to preserve your modesty Mary. all right well let's talk about the steelers let's go there first they got the colts this weekend it's in mm-hmm. pittsburgh uh the colts i feel Mary, are going under the radar a little bit because it's not a flashy offense it's not built to be it is there is still i think a concern about rivers even though almost week on week with with a few exceptions throughout the season he has been on point yet there is still this fragility to him that he's going to turn it over and, and because he doesn't have the deep ball either and even even i think it's as absurd as because that he you know he's quite an ungainly passer right he always has been i reckon and ty yes that started to change but ty hasn't been himself for a long time i think people are sleeping a little bit on the colts what do you think well, I think it, the coaching at the Colts has been brilliant. Yeah. It's Frank Reich, isn't it? Yep. Um, so Jonathan Taylor's been a brilliant running back this season. Um, but I think st- I think the Colts are really underrated. Mm-hmm. I think they'll turn over the Steelers. And I think, uh, you know, I, I could see them get into the championship game. Mm. I think be the Chiefs, Chiefs and Bills or Chiefs and, and Colts. They're so well coached. Rivers, I think the... The paranoia about Rivers is just a uh, sort of maybe a hang hangover sort of thing from his Chargers cup last couple of seasons. Yes, exactly. He was just really struggling. Um, but the team was bad. It's a great point. Is is particularly the last couple of years? It was a bad side, a terrible offensive yeah. line. I mean, talk about Deshaun Watson in in Houston. I mean, that Chargers line that Rivers had for the last couple of years was, was and he's not as, as bad. he's not as mobile. I mean, it's amazing mm, what those Colts right. are doing. I think that the Colts the Colts D is the best D I've seen play consistently mm. over the course of the year. I mean, when they played the Lions, they were just brilliant and they just really organised. They're efficient. I mean, their receiving core, Hilton, Pascal, not a spe- mm. pretty poor receiving core, yet they're doing the job. And that some that credit has to come down to Rivers. Mm. And when I watched the highlights of the Steelers game, and he was obviously it's the highlights reel, but some of the throws he was making, like, all right, he doesn't seem like this sort of uh, clapped out Rivers that we're sold, you know, last season of Rivers, whether they go with him for other season and for next season as well, may to be seen. But, um, mm. I've been really impressed by them. I think they just look like a tough, well-built side. 
the defense is pretty robust. I mean, they were, I know Deshaun Watson did well against them, but that's purely because of Deshaun Watson. Yes. <laughs> Escaping. I mean, maybe Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes would have done well, but I think against Roethlisberger and that offensive line, I mm. think he's going to get destroyed. I don't, I don't see how they're going to get, they're going to get to him constantly. Yeah. And, and conversely, they've got a great line. And even though this Steelers front seven, you know, is, is amongst the strongest, that's, it's going to be a, a tough test for them and in games that the Steelers would would typically dominate there or certainly have a, a significant edge. Not so much, right? It's one of the best offensive lines in in the game right now. What has gone, do you think, so wrong for the Steelers? Or were they always uh, a little bit suspect and we're now seeing the real Steelers? Uh, or do you think there's more to it than that? I mean, offensively in particular, they seem they seem totally out of rhythm and it can happen, right? And, and in fact with the exception of the Chiefs and, and, and maybe a handful of other teams uh, out of the contenders, every offense has had difficult, difficult games where they've just disappeared, right? And and been a bit of a mess or gone through, uh, you know, a bit of a funk. The Seahawks are having that at the moment because their offensive line is struggling. The, the, the Saints, irrespective of the Breeze injury, were blown out by the Bucks, you know, six, seven weeks ago. So every team has bad you know, bad runs. The Titans are only starting to find their mojo. Now look at the Bucks, who in the first half would woeful against the Falcons and then flipped it on. So I think it's easy to overreact, Marek, to, to what's happening and say, well, that's it then. This, there's still a huge amount of talent on that offense, but it does seem to be becoming a, a real concern now that it is week on, week on, week. They're dropping passes, that fast passing, short passing game, which is what the offense is predicated on, is, is just misfiring. Well, maybe it's psychological. I think mm. no one expected them to go 11-0. and 0. Mm. And once you lose that first, I mean, uh, and no one expected them to lose to the Redskins. And once you lose that game, suddenly, what are you playing for? They're pretty much in the playoffs already. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got, uh, they've lost their perfect record. So maybe it's a psychological thing where they've just taken their foot off the, they go, you know, taken the, their foot off the pedal a little bit and thought, well, what have we got to play for this season other than the champion? Well, I, I know the first the first place is worth a lot in the playoffs, but I think maybe it's just a temporary dip. I don't think, I mean, mm. what the odd thing is, is that they've lost to the Redskins and the Bengals, yeah. which on paper aren't, although I think both those sides are sort of improving. We shouldn't have lost to the Bengals. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no rationale. With a that. backup quarterback, you yeah. know, yeah. what's going on there. I just well, think Washington it's... have a fair point. You know, they're, I mean, mm. they are technically the four seed in the NFC for what it's worth. So yeah, it's, it, it, you know, defensively, obviously they're, uh, they're capable of mixing it with the best of them. So it's a fair point. Let's not overreact to, to that defeat. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I think psychologically it, th- that is the case and it can get corrected quickly. I mean, we know we've, we follow the game for so many years that over a hundred years <laughs> when Bud Parker was, when <laughs> was Bud Parker in 1966 <laughs> became the coach of the Miami Dolphins. The did <laughs> That's incredible. Um, he seems to have coached at quite a few places, Bud Parker. The um, the timing is 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 obviously everything, right? And and I wonder whether it, it depends if your glass half full, half empty, right? If your Steelers, um, I, my glass is exactly medium. Is it with Melkin no never or? Talks, no one ever talks about the, the people who put it on the exact line. You're the, the, half full or half empty. The Dalton line. The, that's the water margin. A bang down my, the middle. My glass is medium. 
So if your glass is medium, we'll, we'll follow that through. We'll go with that. So if your glass is medium, if it was if it was half empty, if you look at it as half empty, you'd be saying, well, we're, we're, we're spluttering at the wrong time here. A couple of weeks from the playoffs, this is a mess. If you're yeah. half full, you'd be, well, every team, as I say, typically has this, these glitches. We'll correct it. And it's better to get out of the way now than, than have a performance like the one we had against the Bengals who were turning over the ball left, right and centre in. Uh, you know, in in the playoffs in the wild card round. So, you know, are you, where were you in the middle? Matt? Well, a medium. Ironically, yeah. I, I mean, it's bad for the podcast, but there's no comment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like it's a bit like those people. No comment. In 24 hours in police custody, when they come in, and they just, <laughs> just say no. Interviewed by the police, and they go, no comment, no comment. So ironic. I know it's bad for listeners, but it's. But- a fair- <laughs> But Faye, you're sticking to your guns now, and I admire that. Hey, there's something that's occurred to me, actually. So the Steelers at the moment are in the third spot. So we're recording this on uh, on Wednesday, right? So the, the seeds in the playoff picture, the AFC got Chiefs, looked like they've locked in the number one spot, barring something extraordinary happening. The Bills are second now uh, by virtue of the tiebreaker, and they've, they've clinched the AFC East, of course, 11 and three. That's the same record as the Steelers. The Titans are 10 and four, same as the Browns, fourth and fifth, and the Colts, sixth. They're all on 10 and four. Mm. So that the playoff picture could significantly change over, over the next couple of weeks and of course as you said the only team with a first round bye is the number one seed so at the moment the Steelers at three would be playing the Colts again in the in the wild card round well I think it's just going to be because home advantage isn't really a thing mm. so much with COVID I don't think it's maybe been reduced yeah you want to get some great games because you say the Chiefs were slightly above everyone else I think mm. the and the Bills maybe just there but all those other teams, this is going to be a form thing. I can't mm. pick between the Steelers, Colts, and Titans, you know, as to who's. I mean, even the rate, I mean, the Ravens, Dolphins, wild, wild card yeah. chase is, is fascinating. Yeah. For once the AFC is so strong, there's mm. so many decent teams there. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm really looking forward to seeing how, how it plays out. When you think about that, it's a great point because two of the Dolphins, Ravens, and Raiders, and almost certainly the Raiders are one of those two teams are going to miss out on the playoffs. And mm. the you know, I know the Raiders have blown it in, in recent weeks, but they're the only team that's beaten the chiefs this season. I mean, you talk about the, those teams in the AFC playoff race that have a decent shot, you know, unless something unbelievable happens, the chiefs are making it to the, the championship game. So the question is who is going to go be able to go toe to toe with them. And the Raiders, I would have, you know, in that conversation much more than right now, the Steelers, the Browns, uh, I guess the Bills and the Titans are kind of in the same space there when they're on song and on form. Yeah, you could imagine that they will uh, be able to put up, uh, you know, because that's the key, right, with the Chiefs. You've, you've got to be able to to to, to rack up points because they will concede points and, uh, uh, you know, and obviously they'll be able to score against you. So you've got to have an offense. The Dolphins, for example, I think it's probably irrespective of their development and they make the playoffs amazing year on year but that they're, they're not built to go i think toe-to-toe with a team like the chiefs they're just they're just not they don't have enough firepower yeah. to do it i think you need someone i mean that's why i like the titans because derrick mm. henry is just unstoppable yeah and you know you're just gonna have a comp they you've basically got an unstoppable running game mm. there and you've got Tannehill j- just needs to complement that and he just, especially this half of the season, in grinding teams down. I mm-hmm. just, I just think the Titans can make it. But there's so many. I can't really tell now. There's so many great teams. T- teams there. Normally in the playoffs, you've got the wild card teams. You think the poor, and there's like two 
two or three standout teams, but I mm. think there's not much to separate anyone after the Chiefs. Mm. They, it's all pretty close. It just depends on injuries and COVID tests. <laughs> well, that's no, it's a great, it's a, it really does, right? Well, let's let's stay with the AFC quickly because I want to talk Raiders Dolphins and get your perspective on, on the Finns in particular, just in a bit more detail. Because this is as Brian Flores has talked about. Uh, his quote, in fact, is our playoffs is this week against the Raiders. Let's call it this week. So they, they're approaching this now because of that tight battle for the seventh seed. Every game's now essentially a playoff game, right? Uh, and the Raiders have to win this to have any chance of making it, but they've, they've, they've pretty much blown it. What have you made of this this Dolphins side? And in particular, the, the win against the Patriots, I thought, was so impressive when you look at how many weapons were out. And they're going to get quite a few back against the Raiders, right? So it looks like Gaskin's back. Uh, Devonte Parker should be back as well. Eric Flowers, who was missing on the line, uh, they miss Gasicki as well in that game. They're missing their top five receivers essentially. Their ground game, they had Breeder back, uh, and they they lent on that, of course, uh, on the ground game. But they were banged up. I think it's fair to say, and still turned over the Patriots. I mean, that was one of the more impressive performances of the season. I think that's gone quite heavily under the radar. And there were plays that were, <laughs> there's basically a really dodgy fumble call in favour of the Patriots, I thought. Yeah, you right. It, went right. Where, <laughs> it just clipped a player moving out. And you just sort of think, it's like when the Lions play the Packers, the Packers always get these calls. Mm. So, and you just think, mm, you could have, would they really overturned that ruling if it wasn't the Patriots when he returned? It for, and there was also the, uh, just a brilliant fake um Punt, oh, the fake the punt. punt, yeah, they got yeah. called back. Yeah, so yeah. They had yeah. two big plays, mm. which were sort of potentially like fourteen point, close to fourteen point plays, which got mm. called out back, and they still won. Yeah, and they overcame that psychologically with a banged up side. And you said like Gaskin was out, and even Breeder looked really sharp and yeah. looked sort of really up for it, and he just had that spark. You know, when running backs look fresh, yeah, as opposed to running backs or week twelve. In some ways, it's a good thing mm. if you've got someone coming back for the last couple of weeks of the season, a running back that's fit and ready. Not yeah, right, right. And they got Devontae Parker back. Yeah, well, I think it's sort of been not as good as I hoped this season. What's weird is I find when I watch a, I can't, I never say his name. Tungavaloa. 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 I've I always because he's left-handed. Yeah, <laughs> I find him really hard to watch. Because psychologically, I imagine me throwing the ball with my left hand, which is pretty, pretty <laughs> bad. It just seems really odd. Do you find yeah, that watching him? Really do. I mean, it's, it, it is, it's fascinating watching a Southpaw quarterback because, and, and when he, you know, when he came into the Oh, league, that's what they called Southpaw quarterback. I never yeah. knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left-handed quarterbacks are Southpaw. Southpaw. Yeah, yeah. So Literally never knew that. I just thought, what are they talking about? It's some sort of college. <laughs> <laughs> is that well, some that weird... Is... Co- the... There's lots of quarterbacks coming out of this Southpaw College. <laughs> <laughs> the Tulsa Southpaws. Um, the yeah, he's he's a Southpaw, and, and it does. I was I was remember talking to to Jay Bell about this because Jay Bell was a corner, obviously well, a corner and a safety, but played in the secondary. And he's and saying how does this how does it differ? And also, I guess on in terms of the offensive line as well. So the blind side is yeah the opposite, right? So you know, it, it, it it's it's fascinating in that respect watching how teams have to have to adjust to uh, to a quarterback that they just are not used to playing against right so even if they kind of know what adjustments they need to make accordingly it, you know it's a fundamentally different different thing and uh, look, I, I i i agree with you i'm still finding it quite um 
it doesn't feel fluid yet. I think, I mean, I think that's partly as well because tour is still emerging and, and still learning. And it's a little bit overstated to say he is the real deal. Like I'm, he's a really exciting player and it's a lot like Jalen Hurts in Philly, right? Great. He's had two really good games. He's made them watchable. He's galvanized them. There is a lot to be positive about, but let's just wait and see for a little while longer. To your point earlier on, how I many- agree with you. I'm not totally sold on him. Yeah. And especially because Patrick was majestic mm. at the start, just to watch the way they were playing. Yeah. I really love the way Fitzpatrick was playing the start of the season. So obviously yeah. they brought two in, but I, I just, I, I'm not completely sold on how robust he was. Here's a question for you. Yeah. As a Dolphins fan, you're allowed to sit on the fence. Okay, I could be glass, be glass, glass, middle, glass middle if I want. Okay. Would you now? Would you have swapped Herbert for Tua? God, that is a that is a great question. That is a great question. I think, I think, because it is still it's still too early to say about Tua then I would, I'll, I'll stick with the pick for now, stick with the, with to it. Right. Because I think Herbert would, would obviously be, be strong in almost any offense. Right. Uh, he's, he seems to be that kind of player. Right. So I think knowing what we know now, sure, of course. And I wasn't sold on Herbert, particularly in the draft. And this is very much predicated on watching highlight reels and <laughs> listening to what college experts say. I love mm-hmm. everyone that wheels out in the draft and gets very strong opinions about how these quarterbacks are going to do when that, that's what they've watched as well. So I, I say that with, you know, uh, uh, on that basis that I think a lot of people were unconvinced that about, about him. Herbert, yeah, they, and, they were saying he wasn't even, you know, people were saying, oh, that's a, a pick five. Did you try and get him later than pick five, and he would still be there? He wasn't. He wasn't this consensus. It was Tua. It was the big pick, and no one was saying that like, Herbert's that. They were all yeah. like, "Oh, he's a big guy, but is he accurate? Is he, yeah. you know, can he run an offense? Is is he got enough leadership quality? Has he got yeah. enough leadership qualities?" They're all these huge questions, which he yeah. immediately dispelled. I think all of those exactly right. And you alluded to it earlier. When you talk about Stafford, right? That all of so many first round quarterbacks over the last 10, 15 years, you know, the Christian ponders of this world who just, you know, Christian ponder, love, love a bit of ponder and reaching up, you know, mid, mid first round kind of picks. And you think they're desperate for a quarterback and think they're going to strike gold somehow. And that, and I know the flip side of that is that Mahomes went what 11, 10, um, yeah. you know, he wasn't necessarily a, a sure thing either as much as any quarterback can be. But if you, look at Mahomes' tape and, and in particular listen to people around him. I remember his agent was on my show. Lee Steinberg was is Mahomes' agent. And we, we did a chat with him at the, that Super Bowl, which is the Houston Super Bowl before that draft. And then he came on came on our show a few months after, just before the Did draft. Did he wear a gold suit, his agent? <laughs> he his room just like Scrooge McDucks. Imagine he's doing podcasting and it's just money. And seconds constantly. <laughs> just, you can just hear the m- more money pouring into the background. I'm sorry, now I can't talk. <laughs> so much money constantly coming in. Does he have assistance to just bring in more and more? And what the hell is his agent doing podcasts of- for? How do you manage to get hey, him? 
not just any podcast. It's not just any podcast, Marilyn. He was giving the big up. This was before Mahomes was big. Lee Steinberg's been Lee Steinberg's the guy that Jerry Maguire was was based on apocryphally, right? He's, oh, really? He's been an agent for thirty years. Represented Peyton Manning, and he's a really fascinating guy. Actually, he at the very top of his game, obviously, then had a big, uh, big challenges in personal life with addiction, fell from grace and then rebuilt it all. So he's an extraordinary character. And Mahomes was... So was he's his... married to Rene Zellweger, right? No, no, no. That's just in the film, Mario. That's just the fiction. He's not... That's the character. It's a fiction So he's got character. goldfish, right? No, no, no. It's a character. <laughs> he's got and goldfish he... from his job. job. <laughs> he what? Was saying... He was saying that it is... Uh, that well, Mahomes is the real deal, right? But at the time I thought, is this agent speak? You know, is this... Sure, he's going to see bound to say this, but then within and, and Mahomes, of course, sat for a good chunk of time under Alex Smith, which I, I think is is very much what Tua should have done and the Finn should have done with Tua, incidentally. But brilliant, brilliant entry into the NFL, sat underneath one of the the consummate pros in the league, right? By all accounts, Alex Smith is a, a great guy, a great leader. He's working as under Andy Reid, as you were saying earlier, uh, one of the greatest offensive minds. Uh, ever and certainly of his generation and going into a team that was contending like he wasn't going into a struggling situation like all of those things it was a perfect storm right and he's the, the perfect style of quarterback for Reed for what Reed has been doing all through his career really when you think about Reed worked with Michael Vick he worked with McNabb it's like the next next generation of quarterbacks that are dual threat so perfect perfect situation there nevertheless from day one almost from I think play one snap one with Mahomes certainly in his first few games, you just knew straight away that he was fearless. He was composed. He had this swagger, this moxie. He just belonged straight away, right? You just knew it. And I think with Herbert, that seems to be the case as well. He just feel, you just feel confident in him as a player straight away in a way that someone like Baker, right? Yeah. Still not sure about, I mean, I know he had, he can turn it on. So if you look at different degrees of quarterbacks, right? You've got someone like Baker who, who fair play to him is getting better and better and, and is more more composed and could go on to be, I think, a great quarterback or certainly a very good one, but he, erratic and uh, you know there's that factor uh, uh, about him even in the context of young rookie quarterbacks where you're just not wholly convinced. Then you have there should be a there should be a seat, shouldn't there? Really, it should be uh, how I monitor what you're saying. I'd have a seat, and it's where you sit. It's how comfortable you are with a quarterback <laughs> on the seat. So, Baker Mahomes, you're sure. always sitting towards the edge of your seat. Yeah. You're never comfortable that he's going to make the play. With Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, sorry. With Mahomes, well, Mahomes, you, you're slightly in the middle because he does go for some risky plays, but manages to make them. Um, you always feel Mahomes is going to win you, win you the game, whatever. Yeah, well, Herbert, you feel you can sit right back on the seat <laughs> because the ball, it's just the passes. Yeah. Herbert's passes are great to, they just, they're just proper bullets and they're great to watch. He's mm. accurate. It's great. Yeah. That I, Mahomes talking about them. Sorry, I've interrupted your, uh, your, uh, your, but I liked it. I like, I like the seat, the seat analogy. I like that. I'm just trying to think of where, where you'd be with, other quarterbacks in the league. So if Ben DiNucci, for example, so if you're, you're Ben DiNucci, that, that Dallas backup that came in for that cameo against Philly and, and, and struggled, I think it's fair to say, where yeah. would he be on, in your seat analogy? He's, you're not on. You're, you're on the very corner of the seat. 
and it's on a, it's on a, it's, a, it's an earthquake. Do you think? Or do you think it's when you're like pushing the seat back, sitting back, and you just oh yeah, just fall you're leaning, leaning the moment before yeah you're about to fall. <laughs> Everyone, there should be some sort of seat uh, seatometer that'll happen. Someone will make those money out of that. Where are you then? Let's move because we've done so far two games. Yeah, <laughs> we're, sorry, we're already up against time. So where are you on Brady then? On the seatometer, we'll roll it. Seatometer one more time. Brady is a Bucks quarterback. What's going mm-hmm. on there? Well, I think it was fascinating watching uh, the Falcons Bucks highlights from last week. Mm. The Falcons aren't when I mean, they play some brilliant football, mm. and they just—I've never seen a side choke so much. Right. Even like that, it's almost like they're just doing the Super Bowl over again every yeah. week. Yeah, it's yeah, phenomenal yeah. how they just throw things away. But twenty four seven up, weren't they? They were, they shut out the the Bucks at halftime. They scored. Yeah. Pretty, the Bucks scored quickly. Then they scored again. So they were twenty four seven up with about yeah. well, I don't know half of the third quarter remaining. But the Bucks just clicked. It's, it's almost like some watching some weird Harlem Globetrotters All Star team with the Bucks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Four years ago, that would have been an elite team, mm. and it's weather. You've got the likes of, you know, um, Gronkowski and Fournette, you know, and yes. Brady. Yeah. And all these... Um, Brown. Uh, it's a great yeah, point. All these yeah, old yeah. players, but I quite fancy them in the playoffs mm. because they've all done it before. Yeah. they And they're starting to click now. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. You know, you've got... And they've all got a point to prove. Antonio yeah. Brown's got a point to prove. Brady has. People are saying Gronkowski's have. Fournette's got a point to prove. Yeah. And it's almost about just getting to the playoffs. And then I wouldn't like to play them because they looked, you've got, I mean, they, they're all capable of the regular season is just a, a slog. And you can see mm. some players have off games or mm-hmm. don't really seem up for it in some games, but it's almost like what is the ceiling of yes. the player. Yeah. And I, I think all those players on form have a really high ceiling mm. and they will all turn it on in the playoffs, I sort of guarantee it will just that can you shift into that elite level of play? Mm. And the Bucks have got these players have proven they can do it. Mm. I think will. I mean, who wants to face like Godwin, Evans, and Brown? You know, and you've got Gronkowski there, and who's the other one? Cameron Bray is, is yeah. he still there? Yeah, 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 yeah. That receiving core Fournette, you've got that. It's just. Pretty Scott dangerous Peter as well. Who Brady? I, I, it's a it's a brilliant description, Marek. I've got to say that it perfectly summarizes why the Bucks are a dangerous side. And I think we talk using the term sleeping, you know, on a few teams. I think absolutely people are sleeping on on, on the Bucks. And for everything you've just said, I, I, I'm not going to add to it because I can't I can't top it. That's spot on. The one thing I'll say about the playoff race is at the moment they're in the sixth seed, right? And this should be a straightforward win against against your uh, beloved Lions, right? If they if they can supplant the Rams at five, so at the moment they've both got the same record, right? The Rams and the Bucks at nine and five. Whoever it gets the five spot obviously plays the the NFC East winner. So it is okay, patronizing to say that's a free hit into the divisional round, but come on, that's the matchup you want out of all of those if you, if you're in the playoffs, right? So they're actually sitting quite tidily there compared to say, um, you know the. The Hawks, uh, who are currently third, the Saints in the number two seed. I mean, you've got team dangerous teams in there like the Rams, Arizona as well. Um, uh, you know, this is, I think, a, an interesting proposition. If the Bucks can get that five seed and roll into the divisional round with a strong win under their belts, yeah. I mean, they're a handful of games away from the Super Bowl with all of those vets that have, as you say, tremendous upside. So, yeah, I'm, 
completely with you on that. And I think not enough people are seeing seeing that. So spot on with that. All right. Now, before we get on to the fast picks, Marek, let's check in with our fantasy specialist, Marley, who has got some key steers for all of you who are going for the championship this weekend. Let's check in with Marley. guys my fantasy segment my last one because it's the final this week big congrats if you were listening with vested interest but we all know it's not about making it to the final it's about winning so if you're in that position i have a couple steers for you right here my starting is going to be Le'Veon bell now clyde edward delaire he got injured against the Saints last week for the Chiefs. And there's two reasons why I think Bell is going to get a lot of touches this week. Now, the first one is the Chiefs will want to use these games to give him lots of reps before the playoffs. And the second one is Mahomes took some serious hits against the Saints. And I don't think Coach Reed will want to take any chances on Mahomes' health with a battered offensive line with too many drop back pass plays. So I think a lot of touches for Le'Veon Bell this week. And remember, this is a multiple time all pro back. To me, that spells a lot of points. My system is going to be DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf was lighting up the league in the first half of the season. Would have seemed crazy to bench him, but we all saw what Jalen Ramsey did to him last time. And I have little reason to think he won't be able to do a similar thing again. Even if it's not a complete lockup like last time, he'll still do a number on him. Letting Russ cook for the Seahawks didn't give them as many wins as they'd like. And I actually think getting more to the ground game has helped them lately. It's also, however, deflated Metcalf's numbers, so I would sit him this week. And for defense, I'm going to go with the Colts. Now, the Colts have a top three defense anyway, but they're coming up against the Steelers this week, and the Steelers have run into a wall. They can't run it at all, and when they're not dancing pre-game, their receivers are dropping it during. I would cash in on these struggles and grab the Colts if you can. Good luck, guys. Lovely stuff from Marley. We'll push that out on our social channels as well at the NC Show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Make sure you follow us on those. Right. Let's get into the fast picks. Uh, the Christmas Day game. Loving the fact there's a Christmas Day game. Um, Saint, incidentally, that Christmas Day game means they'll have played an NFL match on every day of the week this season. Oh, really? Because it's a Friday, right? So they pick because they've had a Monday, Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday, NFL. <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, NFL. Friday, Saturday. <laughs> Sunday, what a day. Um... <laughs> That's for anyone over 40 who watched Happy Days on Channel 4. Loved Happy most Days. Of your, most of your listeners. Happy Days and Flash Gordon, you were, you were nailing those uh, <laughs> early 80s references. Um, all right, so it's, it's Saints-Vikings and... The Vikes, uh, with that defeat to the Bears last week, have pretty much blown it, right? Although they're, they're still mathematically can, can squeak in. Uh, the Saints, I don't think that game, and, and I think Greg Brady made the point on our pod on Monday, I, I don't think that the Chiefs game was as close as the scoreline suggested, right? And, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, so the interesting times for, for the Saints. Have they brought Breeze back too soon? What uh, kind of rhythm are they going to find themselves in going into into the playoffs uh, interesting on on both sides the vikings have got a lot to play for it could because they have any chance of squeaking their way back in they've got to win this so it's kind of the season's on the line the saints are still looking at uh a, a top two seed i mean I, I guess the number one seed is 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 away from them now because what the the pack well i mean not not impossible right the packs um 
because of the Packers and Titans game, I mm. mean, yeah, maybe the Saints will think we can still force our way back into the reckoning. So a lot to play for for both sides here. Which way are you going? Here's me close. I'm really surprised the Vikings haven't done better because three or four weeks ago, they looked pretty on fire and they looked, but they've just not clicked. Mm. Um, so I think it'll be very close. And, and I think the Saints will edge it. You go, I think Saints as well. It's in it's in Minnesota, but I think the Saints Saints get the win here. Cardinals 49ers. CJ Bethard uh, appears is going to start for the 49ers news, uh, suggesting there as well. They've also activated Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen. Yeah, you see that? Good. About time he gets a second chance. I mean, surely yeah. he's better than CJ Bethard. I mean, Josh Rosen yeah. was the number three pick uh, three Six, years ago. I think. Yeah, but he was a t- yeah a top ten pick. Um, I agree. That's uh, it's amazing how quickly players just get forgotten and and it, obviously it's it situation is is so much in for a quarterback but he's just had a, an unlucky i mean he's had a, <laughs> awful landing spots poor yeah. bloke and it, i, I he, he must you're so i mean how is ben danucci he's on he was on the practice squad right they activated him from so how's yeah. ben danucci on well i guess he was probably a practice squad guy that got caught up but you get my point how is how is Rosen on a practice squad and a lot of third string quarterbacks in the league right now? It just doesn't make any sense at it's all. It's crazy. He's at least a second string quarterback. Yeah. The talent he had. Yeah. And I don't understand why he's not. Well, maybe I that's can, it. Maybe I can believe he wasn't a practice squad. I looked at well, what practice squad? Yeah. This has got yeah. a really bad attitude or something. But that could be yeah. it. I mean, and the, when the book on Rosen, when he came out was uh, the, the negative, draft nicks were saying well yeah he's he's you know quite opinionated quite different quite alter- you hear this a lot don't you when footballers i remember they used to say about rob green the great rob green uh norwich norwich west ham mm. so connects us but oh, he's a bit he's a little bit different you know because he were because he's articulate and because he'd have literary references as though you know that was he had hair like hay his hair looked like yeah, hay. he also had hair like hay as well <laughs> But you see, so what if Rosen is just a just a just a bit different and a bit alternative in 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 that sense that um that traditionalists don't like that in an NFL organization. But I don't well, know. If they've got a WhatsApp group, Robert Green and Josh Rosen, <laughs> misunderstood players. WhatsApp group. <laughs> Who else would be misunderstood? In intellectual players. Graham Lasso. Graham Lasso. The yeah. Uh, Graham Lasso. Josh Rosen. Rob Green all talking about po- what books, they, what poetry they want to read at Christmas. Who is the Denver? Was it Jake Plummer, the Denver quarterback that was quite left field? Uh, listeners will let me know. Uh, I think it might have been Plummer. Uh, but certainly a, a kind of left field, like went and lived in the mountains. And oh, we could have Marco Boogers in there as well, the former West Ham player. Ah. Lived, yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's get back to picking the game. <laughs> Cardinals 49ers, which way are you going? Cardinals are oh. still very much in the, in the playoff hunt, right? You have to go for Cardinals here, surely. Uh, I guess so. And the 49ers, I mean, what a season Carl Shanahan's having given the adversity, right? I mean, it's incredible that they're still, you know, mathematically in contention, which they are, right? Just about. Um, Every time Carl Shanahan has a losing season, the he has to add another a hand to the end of his name. <laughs> he has to what? Add another hand. So okay. it's oh. Carl Shanahanahan. <laughs> and then if he loses, it's another one. Wasn't it should that... be Carl Shanahan, Michael O'Hanrahan, Hanrahan was on the day to day. Day to day, yeah, Peter O'Hanrahan. <laughs> that's what they should do. With they should put in his contract, 
if he's losing the season, <laughs> yes, sir. And there's stuff like that I'd like to see improve the NFL. I know it's not right. I'm, I might consult my WhatsApp group with Josh Rosen and, and Rob Green to see what they think. Are you in that group as well? That's interesting. So was it was it Peter Ahanrahanrahan the one that that gets challenged as to what the German where Chris Morris is? What did he say? And he said he didn't said he didn't like it, but he'd have to go along that's, with it. That's it. Yeah. Get him. Oh, I want him to be new coach. Okay. He's good. We'll get him. In. All right. Um, uh, the great Patrick Marber, I think it was. Uh, right. Five and nine. The 49ers are out of contention. So uh, scratch what I just said. They are out of contention. But nevertheless, I still think uh, it's incredible what he's managed to do with a ridiculous amount of injuries. Uh, Giants, Ravens. So the Ravens are trending in the right direction. Uh, good time to be playing the Giants. They're a different proposition, obviously, with Colt McCoy, right? And uh, at the time of recording, it's unclear who's going to start, but I don't think the prognosis looks great for, for Daniel Jones to come back for this one. So the Giants haven't got a shot if, they, if, it, if, if it's Colt McCoy versus the Ravens. I don't know, actually. I don't know what Ravens you're going to get. I'm still not sold on Lamar Jackson's accuracy. Because mm. I always think he's like two interceptions away from ruining a game. <laughs> right, okay. But they've, they've seen, I mean, a lot of criticism for him this year, right? But they seem to be getting things back on track they're getting healthier again on both sides of the ball they're establishing a pretty decent ground game again but you know they're sitting there right now and they're going to be one of those teams as we said that's going to potentially is going to miss out on, on the playoffs one of them the Raiders and the Finns is going to make it and the other two are going to be at home yeah I've got I've got an odd feeling that the Giants have have got something to you know because they've got something to play for still well they both have a lot to play for yeah so they've I just I've got Odd feeling the Giants are going to win this one. Not that time when I had the Texans over the Patriots and you said there's no way they're going to beat them, and they did. <laughs> you still, you still remember that. You're still very clear Gut, on that. All right. Gut instinct. I like it. Giants, you're picking the Giants. I love it. Go big. Why not? Um, Washington at Panthers. So Washington, a, a lot to play for. They're currently in the box seat, right? They're in control of, of their destiny. The Panthers... Uh, have nothing to play for. And a cleaned house, of course, with uh, Marty Honey, their GM, getting the bullet earlier this week. Uh, he got shot? No, no, no. He was fired from his job, <laughs> job as, G- as GM. He's he's absolutely fine. Okay. Uh, other, than that, other than that, of course. So to Washington, who do you think is going to win the East? Washington, Dallas, the uh, the Giants. Who's going to get it? Or Philly, Eagles. I guess, still in it. You think, the, yeah, you think they will? Well, they're playing each other, of course, Dallas Eagles. So, all right, pick Washington Panthers. We've a quick fire these. Washington. So, okay, I think they would as well because they've just got a lot more to play for. Uh, and, and I think a better all-round. Alex Smith, keep an eye on whether he is back for, for them, of course. Dwayne Haskins, we probably shouldn't go there with you on the show. <laughs> you on the show. Um, but I suspect he won't be starting on, on Sunday. Uh, Eagles, have you seen the Dwayne Haskins story? No. Oh, okay. I thought you were a bit quiet then. Oh, no. He had to, he got to wear his mask, didn't he? In a strip club. Oh, in a strip club? <laughs> he was in a strip club, yeah. He didn't wear his mask? He didn't wear his mask. Don't go. <laughs> I'm sure he could have got something that looked a bit like a mask. <laughs> I've just found this on the floor. <laughs> oh, is that God. my mask or is it? That's what I would have said. I temporarily tripped my mask on off and i was worried that the mask on the floor may well have been underwear so (laughs) okay all right one line on each of these eagles cowboys so this is uh 
of course, a great rivalry and, and a huge amount riding on it. Very different Cowboys side to the one that lost to the Eagles with Ben DiNucci back in, in, in earlier in the season. They're missing Leighton Van Der Esch, but their defense generally is getting stronger. They've got weapons aplenty. And it's really fascinating, of course, because of the Jalen Hurts factor, who has suddenly kickstarted this Eagles offense. So which way are you leaning here? I'm going Eagles. What, you like because you like you're buying into Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I'm buying into it. I think that he's of, even though he might not be the long term solution. Who knows what's going to happen there with the mm. trade and all sorts. Mm. But he has definitely re-energized things there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, and made made them really watchable. I'm looking forward to that game. Actually, mm. I think that could be a lot of points in that Broncos Chargers. So nothing really to play for in terms of the postseason for either of these two teams. I guess Anthony Lynn is battling for his job, and the Broncos, on the other hand. Drew Locke is battling for his because we came into this season, Marek, with Broncos fans saying, yeah, we got our guy finally. And, and he hasn't lived up to, to that billing, but he's probably got a couple of, couple of big performances and the Broncos might think they've got enough to back him next year. Yeah, I'm still undecided on him as well. When I've mm. seen him, sort of inconsistent. He just seems like that sort of, you know, rank 25 quarterback. Yeah, He'll do exactly. that all right job for you. Yeah then you never really feel he's going to make the... You have to make the incredible throws. And I'm yes. not sure how many of those I've seen him make. He's been unlucky, I think, as well. Jerry Judy, who, by all accounts, was going to be the safest bet in terms of receivers coming in, yeah. hasn't, hasn't really lived lived up to that billing either. So uh, I, I'm leading charges there just because, you know, Herbert over, over lock if nothing else. And I, I think the charges are a better team than recent performances suggest. And... and uh, I think they have enough firepower to, t- to take the Broncos. I agree. Bengals, Texans. So Brian Finley should get the start again for the Bengals after after their big win against Pittsburgh, although Brandon Allen expected back. Texans are a team that you can you can score on, but as you said, Deshaun Watson play ball. So do you think he's got enough and they've got enough too much firepower for the Bengals to compete, or is it another shock win for the Bengals? I think it's going to be... Very entertaining game to watch. A very entertaining but pointless game, is in not worth. I think it'll be. I I um I'll go the Texans because I think um Deshaun Watson's been on fire in a in a sort of non-functioning team. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think he's been brilliant. The the ground game is is quite key here. I think the Bengals to keep it competitive because the Texans run defense is poor. And I think if you look at that Bengals win, it was predicated on turnovers in particular rather than any kind of lights out offensive performance but Gio Bernard was balling so more of the same if they're going to have a shot I think there Bears Jags the Bears are in the playoff hunt of course still in the in the NFC so the Jags playing uh, spoilers and the Jags now in control of the the Trevor Lawrence pick after all the shenanigans last week so uh, there surely can't be any. I mean, it would be a brilliant twist if the Jags then win this game and hand the initiative back to back to. I Jack mean, that Hill. would be You're... crazy to, to. I mean, win this game. But what do you do? I mean, the players don't tank games, so. I, mean, well, I think they should change the draft system to like the NBA, like the lottery. Yeah, 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 yeah. You I just agree. do the playoff teams because it just it it does affect. I mean, the Bears should not be a playoff team. They're poor. Mm. I mean, the D is quite good, but they but they're playing. They've got the Jags now, who yeah. are tanking, so they're going to get a win. And the Bears yeah. are still being in contention. I mean, everyone yeah. would want to play the Bears. That could be, yeah. If they get into the playoffs ahead of the Cardinals, you can't. I think there's a huge yeah. gap between those two sides. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. So you well, need to just put the lottery in 
to stop this uh, these sort of one-sided games that can happen and get teams in the playoffs who don't deserve to be there. Rams Seahawks is a goodie, uh, and the Rams really need a bounce-back game because they, they are maybe the most enigmatic team in the league right now, Marek. You just that won. was incredible, that game. Yeah. How bad they looked. And Goff just looked totally out of rhythm, but the defense yeah. as well. Like, you know, you can understand Goff having days like that and the offense having days like that, but defensively, they were just not at all in... I just don't... I, look, I know we said earlier on the show, you have teams have bad days, players... It's a grueling season. That was a, a, a choice word to describe it. And we can't get carried away. If you look at almost every Super Bowl winning team ever and go back and just watch an America's game. And there is a period where they have a bad run or a bad game. And so it's not unorthodox, but the Rams seem to be doing this more than is typical for what is demonstrably a good team. They're a good team. Yeah. And against the Jets, that's one of the worst five teams in the last, you know, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what they need, though? Do they need? I mean, is this the kind of game where they're like, right, okay, is it the wake-up call that actually might be the best thing that happened to them? It is, but then uh, it just makes me think they're overrated a bit. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't work them out. I think they, I think they're a good side, and clearly they're a well-coached side. But uh, this is a fascinating one: the, the Seahawks, who have very much changed their trajectory start of the season it was all about giving Russell Wilson the ball to air it out they shifted away from the run they've gone totally back to the run the offensive line is a mess although actually fair play to the Seahawks they held firm against Washington Wilson wasn't sacked against them and that was the big story that oh Washington are going to dominate in the trenches well well they didn't they improved there um you've got their uh Jalen Ramsey DK Metcalf matchup which of course Ramsey won that battle first time around so this is fascinating I'm really looking forward to this game yeah, I mean, I, I just want to see what, where the, try and work out where the Rams are, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah. And they're both quite hard to uh, judge these, both the sides, Seahawks and Rams. You don't know what you're going to get. Yep. So it will be fascinating. Titans-Packers should be a score fest. You've got one of the best passing offenses in the NFL going up against a Tennessee defense that is struggling. Let's face it, they can't get anything going in terms of pass rush and it's maybe the best offensive line in the league certainly one of them with the Packers and it's a not a great secondary either so the Packers will score points is whether the Titans can go toe-to-toe with them and I, it's based on what you're saying earlier I think you think they can yeah I, I mean I'm in love with Derek Henry mm. I think he's just in another level he just mm. he sort of goes into Marshawn Lynch's beast mode constantly yeah and once it goes to the third quarter if the if the if the Titans can hold the Packers back, yeah, until the third quarter, fourth quarter, yeah, that's when I think the Henry effect really comes in when yeah. the defense is worn down a bit, and if they can just hold possession, mm. just for you know these long ten minute or eight, seven eight minute drives, yeah, that's how they beat the Packers. I think. To I just, agree. Just run run on them and try and limit the possession down so the Packers haven't got a ball to, to haven't got the ball to score so big time them. big time got to control that early lead if they, I think if the Packers get into an early lead it's curtains for Tennessee but if Tennessee can blaze they're within it, seven by yeah. the half at the half I think they'll they'll the Titans will win yeah uh, we, that's one of the games that uh, producer Ol and I are breaking down on our Edge Rush show. If you haven't checked that out yet, we drop that uh, usually Saturday mornings. I think it's dropping Edge a little. Rush. Edge Rush. No, Barry, we've been around this. Edge, Edge Rush. <laughs> Rush. Bills Patriots, the last game. Uh, the Patriots out of 
the playoffs officially, of course, the Bills officially the AFC champs for the first time since 1995, would you believe? And no stuff on Gilmore for uh, New England either, which is not a, a great look to uh, have going into a Bills offense that is cooking now. Yeah, good. I hope the Bills win. I'm so I've got a soft spot for the Bills. Mm. Um, ever since I went to go to see him at Ralph Ellis Stadium at a night game against the Dolphins, the atmosphere was incredible. Yeah, serious fans, aren't they? Mm. And so it's really great that they've suddenly got this side that playing really well. That Diggs acquisition worked out brilliantly. Um, Josh Allen, although I'm not 100% sold, he j- does seem. He's a perfect sort of Bills player. Mm. You want this sort of rough, big quarterback with yeah. a power arm to play in those winter conditions. And mm. um, they just look like the, there seems to be a unity about them. Yeah. So I was worried about Diggs going there and because of the friction he caused at the Vikings. But being their sort of clear number one receiver, he's relished that role. Yeah. And they've been brilliant in it. So, yeah. Yeah. So I hope the Bills will. Um, beat the Patriots. Sorry, Patriots fans, but I'm just just sick of Patriots. I love the uh I like you you finally apologized you had him back on side and then that last the last four or five words you said there probably yeah. lost them again. Probably yeah. lost them again. Uh, I look, I'm with you. I love the Bills as well actually for as saying that as a as a Dolphins fan it's not easy but I do it's a great franchise and and it's good to see them you know back uh, back where when we you know we were kids American Jim Kelly and the uh, and the those great Bills sides right I mean you know they're recapturing yeah, the old four Super Bowls. Hello, Scott Norwood. Scott Norwood. Uh, uh, told you my Scott Norwood story. What happened? Well, it's not that exciting actually, but it was just one of those one of those surreal things when you join the dots of you know being. Will you explain who Scott Norwood is to people who are? I'm worried that all my references have been yeah illiterate. <laughs> <to people who, laughs> so, so those those Bill sides that Jim Kelly is their quarterback who went to four straight Super Bowls and lost them all. I mean, it's unbelievable. Mm. These are great sides as well. And what is easily forgotten, I think, as time passes, just how good they were. I mean, they were certainly favourites for, I think, at least two of those games. I mean, they were heavy favourites for one of them, right? And in one of those games, it was a heartbreaking loss. Scott Norwood, the kicker, had a field goal shot to win the game for them and, and missed it. Right. And, and, and blew it. And it, there's a great documentary, an ESPN documentary, one of the 30 for 30 series. I think it's called The Four Falls of Buffalo, I think, if memory serves me correctly. But Lovely title. Uh, it is. And it is a, it's a great doc uh, all about it. So go and seek that out. ESPN player will have that. And the uh, Scott Norwood, having missed the field goal, they had still did uh, a parade for the Bills welcoming back to Buffalo after the Super Bowl. And, you know, 100,000 fans came out and Norwood came up on the balcony and was cheered by the fans and he was very emotional and they forgave him straight away and it wasn't wasn't on him and he was a great kicker actually Norwood it was it was just one of those moments right you know one of those moments in his life which um was so significant and unforgivable <laughs> just, oh, <laughs> the unforgivable moment I totally disagree and the anyway the my Scott Norwood story isn't exciting but it just kind of brings these so he was a significant character. If you were, uh, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s in in this country, well, as an NFL fan, but in this country, you know, Scott Norwood was a player you knew because of that, right? And then years later, I was at a Super Bowl. Uh, and towards the end of the week, you still got the game to do, obviously, on the Sunday, but I was in the media room. I can't remember which Super Bowl it was, at the media room on a Friday, just hammering out a Times article, kind of blurry-eyed after, um, you know, 
18 hour days and you just in in that kind of it's a long old slog amazing of course but nevertheless and in the media room i was just in my own world sitting at the table writing this thing and you're kind of conscious of people could kind of dropping in and out it's a big old conference center style thing and and i was on a big round table and there were people coming and going but there was one person that was a constant that i kept kind of occasionally looking up as i'm thinking but not really concentrating on and then after about half an hour someone came over and said oh, okay he's chatting to him for a bit and they said okay see you later scott and i wasn't really thinking kind of looked up and saw that on his pass everyone has to wear a media pass loser said loser it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was scott norwood and what's thought, his photo was he wide right was it <laughs> his photo everything he does now is overcompensated so he just goes slightly to the left so on his media pass his left his ties tied to the left <laughs> You're a cruel man. Sorry, carry you're, on with your story. That's the end of my story. Oh, <laughs> you go around Scott and Orwood's house, all the door handles are far too much to the left. <laughs> he parks his car, always rides up on the... Look, Scott, you can't overcompensate now. Oh, this, this is meant to be a Christmas show, a, a show full of full of good goodwill. The and ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> But you, you'll be, I think you need to find it in your heart, Marek, to, to be conciliatory towards Scott Lord and forgive him for, for his transgression, as the Bills fans did almost instantly. Well, no one was talking to him at that Super Bowl conference, apparently. Well, lots Just of sitting people there, sitting there by himself for <laughs> two hours. We're out of time. But you know what I want to ask you before we go, as it's our Christmas show. What, what are Marek Larwood's Christmas go-to movies? I watched A Christmas Story last night. Have you seen that? No, I haven't very famous quite a famous cult american film it's based on this boy's experience of christmas in the 1940s and i also watch uh, is it ed burton is it an ed burton film i think it might be actually a christmas story well it was a good christmas story it's very very good if you like christmas films and i always watch um it used to be on youtube but now they've put it on Britbox now Mm because I realised people watching free, The Box of Delights, which was a series, a kid's series that came out in the mid-80s, like every reference in this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's based on a John Maysfield book, and mm. it's brilliant adaptation. So watch The Box of Delights. I like Scrooged, um, and I watched, I normally watch the Charlie Brown Christmas cartoon as well. Uh, oh, a lot of bit of bit of Snoopy in the mix as well. Love that. Marek, if our listeners want to get a last-minute Christmas gift as well, you've got the perfect thing for them, right? It's too late now, so well, it'll be you've forgotten, maybe after you've Christmas. Well, that's okay, that's all right. These uh, Pooh Man cards, this is a really battered pack. Let me get a decent pack. <laughs> a card game I've created mm. where you have to um, put all the cards. It's perfect for kids three and above or anyone. It's like a monster chase card game. Look up poohman.co.uk. Poohman.co.uk. The most incredible game you've ever seen. Also, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, Smart Larwood. And Cultures Walking Club, if you like walks. There we go. Love Rush that. Now over. Uh, lo- love the promo. Good promo. Uh, you can you should send a pack to Josh Rosen. I think that's just a tip, just an idea for you there. And he can spread the word in the NFL. He would like that, yeah. To his what in his WhatsApp group. Exactly. I mean, he's got a group that is growing. In fact, we should develop that. So I want to. Next time you're on, I'm going to set you some homework for once because you're normally asking. I could make, look into the great thing about my cards is there's 10 there's 30 cards in there plus 10 blank cards brilliant you can draw your own brilliant all right well that's something you can work on and and who else is going to be in that whatsapp group uh, that we talked about earlier on i like well, to, I like to develop Scott that. Norwood seems he's got no mates apparently 
Scott will be up for it, I'm sure, because we're close. We're like that, Scott, after that after that Super Bowl uh, chat where I said, hi, nice to meet you. Um, <laughs> it was great. Great to see you, man. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to all and to all, the, what did they say? And all the good t- time. I, I, know know. What, I know what you meant. It's great to see you. Uh, thanks for uh, cheering us up over uh, through this difficult time. You're always a lot of fun on the show, Mark. It's good to see you, man. And come back and see us in the new year. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> brilliant stuff from marrick always puts a smile on our face doesn't he great stuff as well from marley appreciate andy tom and the crew over on social media producer all as well from all of us here on the nat coom show have a fantastic christmas enjoy enjoy christmas day ball i'm looking forward to that uh don't overindulge too much and we're going to be back with iron mike how about that for a post Christmas slam down iron Mike with uh, our week 16 review show uh, that's dropping on Monday, of course. Uh, and incidentally, our edge rush show, if you haven't checked it out already, me and producer all getting you set for the weekend's action should be available on your podcatchers too. enjoy the festive season. We'll see you on the other side. Bye for now. Podcast Network.